Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman Beyond podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 108, Curse of the Cobra, Part 2, Countdown and Unmasked with Brian Lynch. Hi, pals. We are at the end of Batman Beyond. We did it. I am Al. I'm Maggie. I'm Brian. Yes, I was. I was just about to say, Brian. We we introduce ourselves now. I always forget to mm-hmm. tell the guests that, but uh, you'll you'll figure it out. Shit. And you did good job. Oh yeah, yes. I've only been doing this for like I don't know seven years mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we only started doing the say our names thing relatively recently, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you know. I, one... uh, I I I this is maybe the longest time between episodes. Could be uh, now that we've started Batman. Did you do I an was, early Superman I was, episode? I was way at the beginning of Batman, mm-hmm. and then I did Batman versus Harley Quinn, and then I think I was way at the beginning of Superman. So I think those two came really close oh, to each other. Yeah. And here I am, way at the end of. Uh, yeah, this Beyond. is. This I don't is... remember what I did for Superman. I don't either, off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm sure I could figure it out, but it's the end of the year. I, I for some reason I always sign up for one when like yeah, teachers are never frazzled. Ah, at the end I was going to say end of the year. It's mid May. What are you talking? Oh right. Oh for yeah. You. No, the the, yeah. the end the end of my year. Yeah. Yes. Um. But this happens every year. I'm always like the the. You know, the email comes out like, hey, sign up for your episodes. And I'm always like, hmm, end of May, beginning of June. Mm-hmm. I bet I don't have anything going on then. <laughs> just I'm like, absolutely going to be my best self. Just like I didn't last year or the year before. Well, Brian, for you, it's the end of the year. For us, it's Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we do have three episodes to cover, which is convenient because we have three people here to talk about them. Yeah, that works um, out just fine, doesn't it? Yes. It's almost like I planned it that way. Yeah. Uh, but we do have that sloppy part two of a cliffhanger thing to deal with. This was also fun because I did not watch part one. Yep. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, oh, you really have four episodes to watch, or uh-huh. you could choose to do it that way. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, c- conveniently, the previously on is about ten minutes. Well, so. that's oh, that's what Maggie's. Yeah, that's what Maggie's about to tell us. So, oh uh, gosh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on your joke. Wow, here we go. Uh, please, please tell us what happens about, in uh, Curse of the Cobra with a K, uh-huh. part two. All right, so after a shockingly long previously on, we find Terry regaining consciousness in the Batcave. Nice job being terrible, says Bruce, compassionate as ever. <laughs> While Terry recovers, Bruce heads to Ky- Ky- Kyrie? Kyrie's dojo Kyrie. to, answer some, to answer some questions about Xander and why he might be kidnapping Max. Ah, nothing weird about Xander, says Kyrie. Good kid, keeps his grades up. Oh, he is in a snake cult, Hmm, says Bruce. <laughs> Probably nothing, but you don't happen to know where that snake cult is located, do you? What kind of sensei would I be if I didn't know where my students' snake cults are located, replies Kyrie. It's at the local toxic waste center. Duh. <laughs> Meanwhile, Max also regains consciousness at said toxic waste center, where she has been dressed in Egyptian garb by the new slaves that Xander has given her. Not thrilled by that development or the whole kidnapping thing, Max tries to escape only to run into a giant dinosaur man. Then Xander arrives dressed exactly as Serpentor and explains his evil plan. I'm going to superheat the Earth by dropping a bomb into a volcano and then turn all of my followers into dinosaur people. That's a terrible plan, says Max. For one thing, why aren't you turning people into snakes? I don't want to turn people into snakes, says Serp Xandor. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. (laughs) 
So while this is going on, Terry arrives followed by a secret ninja. It's Kyrie. I'll save everybody some time. It's Kyrie. So <laughs> Terry and Xander fight, and then Xander turns into a dinosaur, and Terry openly mocks him for not having any feathers. It's the future, he says, punching Xander in his dinosaur solar plexus. We have a much better understanding of what dinosaurs look like. Featherless dinosaurs are much cooler, says Xander, attempting to bite Terry on the face. That's not up for debate, says Kyrie, throwing a ninja star. It's about accuracy, not aesthetic. She also disarms the bomb and explodes the toxic waste center. Oh, the uh, toxic waste center can fly. I think I forgot to mention that. Anyway, <laughs> Terry and Max escape, and Kyrie dies, killing Dino Xander. And back at Kyrie's dojo, Bruce mourns the loss of his friend. And Terry mourns never getting uh, getting above white belt in martial arts. Come on, Terry. I had an orange belt, and I actively avoided going to karate class so that I could stay home and watch X-Men. <laughs> Two things. First mm -hmm. of all, I very much like the choice to make most of your summary dialogue. Yeah. I don't think you've used that style before, and I quite enjoyed that. Um, second, um, I forgot what my second point was. So uh, well, I, al I also have two things, yes. which is one, yes. I definitely missed the line about it being a toxic waste center, and I was sitting there wondering, why didn't anyone notice the giant like airship that's just in the middle yep. of town? Mm -hmm. No, and, it was decided, and the explanation causes it to make even less sense. Yep. Well, that actually ended up being my bad thing, and I'll just say this quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually a toxic waste company. They say, yeah. is that a thing? <laughs> is it a literal pollution factory from Captain Planet? I mean, I was I was about to say, according to the TV I was watching around this time, yes, it's mm -hmm. a thing. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And your second thing? Uh, my second thing was you probably picked up a few moves from watching X Men. So I mean, that's true. I definitely learned how to shoot lasers out of my eyes. Yeah. Fastball and and wine. Mm -hmm. And whine about shooting lasers out of your eyes? Yep. <laughs> if, if there's two things I know about uh, that guy, it's that. Mm -hmm. I also cut the roof off my parents' car, so they have a convertible now, which is nice. Ah, I, excellent. I learned how to say, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> Gene! Wait, that's different Gene. <laughs> um, the other point I remembered now, yes. he almost looks exactly like Serpentor, except he has his nipples exposed. Oh, he sure <laughs> he does, because Xander definitely yes. likes to feel the air on his nips. Well, yeah, if you if you look at Serpentor and you them. say, yeah, you would think, especially yeah. being cold blooded. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They're like, listen, we do not want to draw attention to the one thing that, you know, the, mammals. It's right in the name, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. And we are trying not to be mammals. We're literally turning people into like reptiles. Yep. So why why would you just rub rub your nipples in their face? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like they're at some kind of Serpentor strip club. Boy, yep. this got weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, honestly... Or did it make us a million dollars? I mean, I think the time to do a Serpentor-themed uh, strip club would have been in the early aughts. <laughs> I was going to say Hasbro call me, but they call me with a cease and desist every time I post a new review. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, they also call just me with news start. about Transformer toys, which, no thank you. That you have no interest in. <laughs> Less yeah. than no interest. <laughs> yeah. I only care about it about uh, one time out of 50, so mm -hmm. I, I can imagine you don't care ever. Not at all. Yeah. Um, this episode, we talked about this last time. Bruce Tim said he really wished it had been more character-driven. Like, the first part, <laughs> Brian, you missed all of this, but, like, um, uh, Xander... Wait, wait, actually, can I can I guess, since I, I didn't see the first yeah, one? Yeah, of course you can. Please, um, please. Xander's the hot new guy in town. He winds up dating Max, and then they spin their wheels to try to make it a two-parter. That's the impression I got. Honestly, that would have been nope. better. Nope. Yeah. Oh, God, it's no. okay. Um, me, then. Terry meets Xander. Uh, so Terry uh, gets his ass handed to him in a fight, and Bruce says, okay, <laughs> yeah. you've been you've been Batman for three years. Maybe you should learn how to throw a punch. Mm -hmm. 
so he sends Terry to Kyrie, who mm-hmm. actually appeared in an in animated series episode, like yeah, yeah, uh, some boring ninja episode. Yeah, it was but Night of the Ninja, cool. or something like that. Every time yeah, or... just showed up on that show, I kind of glazed over. Yeah, as a kid, yeah, boring but she character. Was, she was uh, someone who trained with Bruce, and yeah. like it was cool continuity to bring her back. Mm. Um, and while he's training there, he meets Xander, who he doesn't like. He knows is this sheltered kid from another country but he doesn't realize he's being groomed to be this like cult leader mm-hmm. and they actually do some nice stuff with him never having experienced like the life of a kid yeah. and Terry Terry takes him out for good pizza and so he takes him to fucking Chuck E. Cheese yeah. for good pizza which is where that falls apart he leaves but, a note saying but, gone for good yes pizza yeah at Cheesy Dan's uh-huh. but well but it's they, the future the, what all the good pizza places died and yeah in the Great yeah, Pizza like War. Place... It's like in, De- yeah, yeah. like in Demolition Man. They're all Taco Bell now. Uh-huh. Ah, of course. Um, I'm at the combination uh, Taco Bell and Cheesy Dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the, the character of him was interesting. It was like this sheltered kid who like was groomed to be this leader, but like maybe there was some good in there. Maybe yeah. Terry could get, or Max could get through to him. Maybe like, uh, Max came along for the hangout was mm-hmm. all. They weren't dating or anything. It was just like, here's my cool friend. Yeah. Why don't you m- meet a normal kid instead of, Hanging out with your weird snake friends. Well, and then he looks at Max, and as 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 all right thinking people go, go, holy crap! <laughs> well, the snake cult doesn't have any women in it. No, so it might be like apart from his very old sensei, it might mm-hmm. be the only woman he's seen. I mean, we've already know that they've got kind of a strange fascination with uh, you know mammalian parts. If sure, you know what I mean, and right. I have noticed that Max is drawn with them more prominently than any other character. You on the show. don't say. <laughs> Yeah, she's also the only woman at Terry's school that does not wear a uh, purple tube top. Mm-hmm. They really went completely in with everyone wearing matching colors in Gotham in general. It's, it's weird. Not, yeah, it's not a great you look. S- like they do a I- crowd scene where people are stepping off a train and everyone's in purple. Yeah, it's, what the fuck's going on here? That was the purple train. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, as long as there's a reason, I guess I can't get mad. Yeah. But but the character seemed interesting, and then in this one, he was just evil take over the world guy. So, yeah. So that's yeah. why I assumed there was some sort of like romantic interest already established. Yeah. Like, nope. She was into like I, how many Buffy episodes did we see mm-hmm. where like there's a guy and then they're like Cordelia's like yeah I'm into you and then he's like I'm actually a giant snake or like a bug monster or sure. something. And they're like oh no. <laughs> um, I thought it was one of those. Well, and we've talked about this a lot, and you probably already know this. There's a lot of Buffy in this show's. Oh DNA, yeah. Oh so. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. It, it would not surprise it, me at all to see that they cribbed that from that. They they even share a recurring cast member. Uh, do they? Oh, yeah. Uh, Seth, uh, yeah. Seth Green. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. right, right. I was Seth say Green s- playing the tough school bully, which is something he never got to do in the I know. Action. I mean, yeah. if you draw a picture of me looking tough, it should be okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's got a tough guy voice, yeah. just not a tough guy anything else about yeah. him. Nope. He's, he's like Diedrich Bader that way. Yeah. Mm, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yes, we will. Um, not, not doing a tough guy voice. <laughs> yeah. But it was it, it it did come like his romantic interest came came from kind of out of nowhere. So oh, okay. it was odd. But I don't know. Like I I agree with I agree with Bruce Tim on his opinion of his own show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just that that this this could have been much more interesting. Yeah, there's it was a, just a bunch of action stuff. Yeah, there's a there's the bones of a decent episode in here, but like it really sort of falls apart in favor of what if dinosaur people. Which, I, I think we pointed this out last time, literally the plot of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> His plot is the same as Dennis Hopper's King Koopa. Mm-hmm. 
The other problem I had with the dinosaur people plan was that the dinosaur people they wound up making looked like they were like a claymation dinosaur from a 1950s movie. Oh, like yep. It, the the feathers were not the most of it. These were just bad looking dinosaurs. I, this is my good thing. I love the stupid looking dinosaur men and their <laughs> stupid fucking faces. They look okay. like dumb dogs just wandering all over the place like idiots, and I love them. Now, do you attribute that to the Cobra henchman being stupid, or do you think the process makes you stupider? I mean, I think both, honestly. Like, the guys didn't start with a whole lot going on. Okay. I they... mean, not to bring this up again, but Super Mario Brothers does feature Dennis Hopper turning people into dinosaurs, yep. and then they become stupid. Mm-hmm. So Right. Well, and, they're fi- and, they're in... their problem is that they just had tiny heads. Right. There wasn't Those are a lot supposed of room to be Goombas. Brains. Yeah. Somehow. I was really stoked for that movie as a kid, and even I had to go, that's not what those look like. Uh-huh. I, we, we are going to do that on a future season of New and a Bit Alarming, and there will be much analysis of this. I think the logic is that they are large and brownish and rounded up uh-huh. top. Yeah. That's why yeah. they have tiny heads. Like The shoulders are like the big... Mm-hmm. It's a stretch and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah, but in, you do that episode, you call me. I have opinions. And they could have done Koopa Troopas and mm-hmm. like... You know, they're more like that. They could have given them shells, you know. Or just give guys backpacks if you don't want to spend a lot of money on makeup or whatever and say, these are the turtle guys. The thing is, it seemed like they did want to spend a lot of money on makeup. They just spent it on the wrong makeup. (laughs) Now, if I remember correctly, that movie was an entirely different thing that they just sort of changed to be a Mario book. Like, it it was supposed to just be some other dumb sci-fi thing. Uh, I I am saving it for my road trip, but I will promote them anyway because they're a good show the um the flophouse podcast did do a mini episode where they talked to one of the writers of that mm-hmm. and i am very excited to that hear guy, what he has to say that guy's got a lot to say because jesus christ that movie was a well, disaster well and i'm not sure who it is because i know that one of the people that wrote the screenplay was ed solomon and i know he's not the one they talked to mm-hmm. Yeah, um, one of the guys because, who wrote Bill and Ted, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they would have said we talked to Ed Solomon, not we talked to a Super Mario Brothers screenwriter. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, right. he did. Uh, he did both Bill and Ted's. He did Men in Black. Uh, right. Oh, wow. Char- uh, Charlie's Angels. Yeah. So, the, uh, but but now you get, see me like he's done good stuff. But as far as Bill and Ted and Men in Black go, like he's mm-hmm. he that's his sweet spot. He yeah. can do a, a comedy blockbuster yeah. sci-fi thing. Mm-hmm. Like he should have knocked that one out of the park. I mean, he also did Mom and Dad Save the World and <laughs> uh, Imagine yeah. That. So you know. Yeah. All right. Okay, Brian, what do you got for a good thing for this one? Uh, for a good thing, I have got navigating away from Ed Solomon's Wikipedia page. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yes, yeah, we... of course. Uh, my good thing is, for the sake of continuity, Gotham is located directly adjacent to a mountainous desert, just like in the last <laughs> Batman episode I did. Look out for Boss Big Ass Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> we have seen so many, and we bring this up a lot because it happens a lot, so many uh, sewer kings. Yep. <laughs> but not a lot of boss big asses. <laughs> really didn't bring that guy back? No, but we keep getting like people enslaving the children of Gotham to do mm-hmm. their bidding from the sewers. It's... That, and I know you had a rat guy. Oh, we definitely yep. had rat um, boy. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's... <laughs> and who could forget rat boy? <laughs> <laughs> No, I would have um, loved like a like like the cybernetic version of Boss Biggest fucking chewing on a sandwich and yelling at people. Mm-hmm. Ratboy, who I, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, and you guys would know the hey, it's that guy. I believe he was voiced by uh, one of the Home Improvement kids, right? Oh, I think that's I, right. Actually, yeah, I, I the, I one, think the one that turned correct, into yeah. a goth when they couldn't think of what else to do. with Yeah, it. the little one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know that show at all, but I, uh, I can guarantee that one of the things Tim Allen is definitely afraid of is his children being goth. <laughs> Well, it was the weirdest thing. It was like, like 
he was intended to be the cute little kid on the show, and then all of a sudden he's a teenager, and they're like, oh no, we have to do something more with him. Yeah, he's really into metal now, I guess. Yep. <laughs> but that you just said goth. They're different things, Brian. Yeah, but Home not on that show. They're not. That. Oh, okay, that's fair. Uh, my good thing, I wish it had been a little more fleshed out, but I did like Kyrie's part of the story. Mm. Like, I, she really hoped training this. Like, she knew about the snake cult thing, like Maggie said in her summary. She sure did. But she's she's like, but I teach a, a very ethical, like, grounded, like, it's the code of the samurai or whatever. Like, I really hoped that part of this would get through to him. And like, yeah, okay, that tracks. And then when she realized it didn't, she goes and tries to, like, helps Terry. She's mm-hmm. like 80 years old or something. And puts on her ninja outfit, and she's like, "Well, Batman's gonna need help because I fucked this one up." Yeah, and like, I, I like, I like that a lot. Her, her exact words, and this was so close to being my quote, were, mm-hmm. "I know he's in a cult of some sort." Hmm. <laughs> well, I think it's the idea is like when you're here, you're just like you, you are my student. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your life outside here is. Yeah, you, when as you're long here, as you your keep family. it outside. Oh, yeah, and that's that's a teacher thing. Like, like sometimes yeah. you know that there are kids who are into some bad stuff mm. and if they're in your extracurricular or whatever you're like i'm just gonna do what i can to make this the most supportive environment i can yeah. for them it, as as long as yeah. they don't bring that into that environment then mm-hmm. you don't need to like that's not your problem yeah and sometimes sometimes it does work like this is why extracurriculars can help kids like you know recover yeah. and stuff and not that not that you know he's he's, he's going to ninja club at high school or something sure. obviously it's a slightly different situation right. kind of is ninja you know. club at high school though <laughs> no it's pretty elite i would th- if batman trained with her she's probably pretty good <laughs> oh but, batman trained with everybody uh-huh. anytime wow. you need a new character in a batman story just like oh here's somebody else i trained with yeah that's true um, I had to learn how to make the best cake in the world. <laughs> From so Cake I Boss. I studied under Cake Boss. Yep. <laughs> Who is still only a character I know through Paul F. Tompkins. I'm not actually aware of Cake Boss himself at all. This is how cake you make boss. a cake, a cake, Batman. Cake Boss. Mm-hmm. Eating dragees. Uh, <laughs> no, that was John C. Riley. <laughs> oh, so it was. So it he was, was addicted eating dragees. Mm-hmm. Because they made him feel uh, powerful. Also, he's I, an awesome actor. <laughs> I just yesterday heard audio of uh, Werner Herzog responding to Paul F. Tompkins' impersonation of him, and he was oh, very impressed, and I was like, good. Oh, that's nice. I think yeah. the impersonation is very good. What's amazing <laughs> is that Paul F. Tompkins sounds like less of a cartoon than the real Werner uh-huh. Herzog does. Mm-hmm. I would like to see the Paul F. Tompkins now. <laughs> uh, let's, well, I did my bad thing already about the Toxic Waste Company. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie, what do you got? Yeah, so we mentioned this earlier, but uh, Xander's basically just wearing uh, Serpentor cosplay. And, like, mm-hmm. guys, I need you to try just a little bit. Like, not a lot. I know the show's wrapping wrap it up and you're kind of done with it, but I need you to try a little. Okay, well, you mentioned this the first time Cobra showed up. You said they are actually existing DC guys. They didn't make them up for this they show. They absolutely Does, are. Mm-hmm. Do they have this aesthetic in the comics, or... I for don't this? remember. Um, like, what I'm getting at is, is it possible Sunbow or Hasbro ripped off the Cobra from the comics for Serpentor in the first place? From what um, I remember, like, the main Cobra guy looks more like the the backup Cobra guy and, like, the guy that shows up in the, the third episode. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to I'm gonna drop into the chat a picture of the, uh, the Cobra guy. Cobra. Okay, just so that Al can see it. Uh, okay. If I can figure, because Skype changed the way everything looks again, and I have no what? idea where the chat. Yeah, is. Yeah, I'm there looking at a bunch of pictures, and this guy definitely looks different. You know. Yeah. So okay. he looks. It's basically the the 
the main Cobra guy from the next episode yeah. with the orange and everything, but with a cape and stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've seen this guy in comics. Yeah. yeah. Like, Xander's 100% Serpentor. Yeah, no, yeah. They're, they clearly went with a deliberate choice to reference the Cobra you're already familiar with, yeah. which is not going to get you not sued, guys. Yeah, no. Well, we don't care. We're all getting fired Yeah, there's, anyway. there's another one that's a more recent one that's closer, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, no, it's He looks it's like the Hobgoblin there. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I basically, as long as it's, like, a snake guy, I think they feel like they're all right. Yeah. I think probably yeah. every artist comes up and they're like, huh, King Cobra. Uh, all right, uh, is there a style guide for this guy? And DC's like, nah, just make, like, a snake king. Yeah. I feel I feel like an artist would say nobody cares about this character and it would be fun for me to redesign them mm-hmm. so I'm going to do that. <laughs> oh yeah yeah. He's well, that's and now it's an established personality trait mm-hmm. the king cobra is a bit of a clothes horse. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, I have all of my outfits. <laughs> uh Brian what was your bad thing? Well my new bad thing is that uh Xander didn't talk like a cartoon snake. He but, sure didn't. Um... No, he did have a he did have a growly like monster voice near the end, and mm. and I'm sure you spotted this. We mentioned it last time, but that's uh, Alexis Denisov doing his. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. And noted uh, noted handsome man, Alexis Denisov. Mm-hmm. I think we're starting to get into the era of Andrea Romano watches uh, Joss Whedon shows mm-hmm. and grabs up all the cast she can. Yep. Well, say what you want about Joss Whedon, please, but uh, we have and we will. <laughs> He has an eye for actors. You no, that, pretty much all of those performers are worth mm-hmm. poaching for other projects. That's, yeah, you know. exactly. Especially, uh, especially Denisov, who's got voice because he's a mirror master on Justice League. Oh and... yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. He shows up in a few places in these. No, and and in as this character, he does something Maggie identified like I don't know a year ago. Uh, the uh, very specific British voice of my father shall hear of this. <laughs> <laughs> Which so completely hit the nail on the head for a certain type of character mm-hmm. that that's just what they're called now. Yeah. <laughs> and that was what he was. Um, but my official bad thing, as I wrote down in the document, is this. Um, I know it's from the previously and therefore technically not part of this episode. But that's fine. Batman interrupting a robbery by going, I believe that's government property <laughs> as his badass opening line is just terrible. Well, we've talked a bit about this. His his banter is usually bad, and I think it's intentionally bad. Like, mm-hmm. it's sort of, you know, he's Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, his jokes are bad. I guess it just goes to show that part of what makes Spider-Man work is the fact that he doesn't do a growly monster voice. <laughs> that is yeah. true. Yeah. The one in the next episode, you know, not to jump ahead, but um, when uh, Mad Stan's doing his little rant, and like, we have to destroy technology, and the Batman's opening, his opening attack line is, then how would people make cappuccino? <laughs> yeah. But that's you, you know again you doing, they're, they're again they're going for the corny Spider-Man thing. But you're right; it's probably more in the delivery. I I mm-hmm. kind of like that he, the idea that he's trying too hard at it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, okay, people are scared of me, so I need I need to lighten things up a little. Yep. I need to inject a little levity. So um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay up tonight, and instead of doing my homework, I'm gonna come up with a bunch of jokes I can make. <laughs> next time I bust Mad Stan, next time I bust Streak, all my guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I should focus on capturing them. Nah. Jokes first. His greatest fear is new, is uh, new villains because he won't have anything to say to them. Uh, yeah. You look like a dork. Nailed it. How, how dare you? I mean, Spider-Man 100% has said that exact thing. Oh, yeah. With an awkward pause, like a, a whole panel of just dot, dot, dot. Like, uh, you look like a dork. Dork, Yeah. <laughs> It's you who's out, Gobby, out of your mind. Yeah. There's. We'll talk about this when we get to the next episode, but uh, uh, Matt Stan has a really bad comeback to something, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's let's wrap this one up yeah, first. Yeah, it's you not guys very good. Any 
final thoughts about this? Uh, let's see. Um, not that really. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm surprised that Cobra has shown up before. I'm not surprised that they've shown up before because I remember them, you know, showing up here sure. and there. Um, but, uh, I, I'm surprised that they've had a secret king this entire time who's never come up. That's I, a little weird. I will get to that when we get to the uh, third episode. Well, there's... When, when they have a completely different secret exactly. king. Exactly. <laughs> well, that, that was supposed to be two years ago. So... Oh, so they recently developed a secret king that they've had for his entire life. <laughs> first first entire. one didn't work out. Now, something um, we didn't mention with the Serpentor connection is that Xander was genetically engineered to be their leader. Oh, so yeah. he's... His origin is also Serpentor's. I, well, that's, the, that's the other thing. His origin is also Damien's. Like, mm-hmm. ah. they were going through the whole thing. I'm like, this is Damien. Like, is it? I thought I thought Bruce fucked Talia. That's where Damien came well, from. Oh, not, Bruce... not anymore. Uh, Batman's oh. a sad virgin in modern continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, no, uh, Bruce did fuck Talia, and then she grew Damien in an artificial womb and trained to be the greatest martial artist of all time. And then Comics. in a separate unrelated incident, one of the League of Shadows assassins snuck into Batman's room in the middle of the night, gave him a hand job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, the thing is, I don't know if you're kidding or not, because comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was watching. Wait, 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 wait. He never saw it coming. Uh. <laughs> All right, on that note, here's my Bro, quote. Uh, yeah, Maggie, you got a quote. Okay. Yeah. What is it? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a very good quote about Max. Yep, yep. I'm telling you it's a big mistake. She's rude, she's sarcastic, and she has absolutely no respect. Gotta be Max. Yes. <laughs> what a good quote. Mm-hmm. What a good quote about Max. Ah, All right. We have a lot of fun here. Yes, we do. <laughs> Brian, why don't you tell us about Countdown? <clears throat> I would be more than happy to. <clears throat> We open on the World Science Symposium, which is allegedly being held at Gotham University, but honestly, it looks like the high school gym. <laughs> there's all these lines on the floor. Anyway, you know who doesn't like symposia? That's right. If there's a gathering of technology, it's time to welcome everyone's favorite beady-eyed Luddite, Mad Stan. And this time, he's mad about technology and standing the idea of blowing up technology. <laughs> Batman fights him to a draw, and Stan escapes by doing the one thing no one would expect of him, throwing a bomb at someone. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Gotham train station, Zeta and Roe have shown up. You know, from the spinoff. Here we are in Gotham, where I've had some pretty crazy adventures. And who knows, we might even meet an old friend, <laughs> says Zeta. I'm barely exaggerating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Zeta has more of a head than he used to, and now, instead of being played by that guy from Office Space, he's played by that guy from Office Space. <laughs> he's come for the symposium, but before he can finish expositing, he's attacked by Agent Bennett and his goons. You know, from the spinoff. Who throw a bomb at him? <laughs> a lot of that going around. Bennett takes down Zeta, but not before loudly announcing to no one in particular that he's a federal agent. Mad Stan, who's passing by at just that moment, says, Hey, that's the thing I used to be angry about, and rescues Z. But when he gets home, he realizes that he rescued a technology man. Hey, he says, that's the thing I'm angry about now. But then he has an idea. What if the bomb could throw itself? <laughs> Roe goes out looking for Batman, who is, let's be honest, something of a Johnny throw bombs himself. <laughs> Zeta, says Batman, why, I remember the many adventures we had together. I can only imagine what sort of shui adventures he's been getting up to on his own. Unfortunately, his current adventure is unshui, in that Stan has turned him into a walking bomb and somehow avoided being overcome with a sexual passion for him, we must assume. (laughs) Terry goes to Stan's houseboat, which is guarded by a great deal of technology because Mad Stan is the land of contrast. (laughs) 
Stan has taken drugs so he can sleep through the rest of the episode and delivered a message to Batman by tying it to a chihuahua. I'm starting to think he's not very good at planning. The feds plant a tracer on Batman's fantastical flying machine, which he doesn't notice because it's still covered in tracers from previous episodes. <laughs> Batman finds out that Stan's rages are always triggered by something he saw on the news. You know, like your dad. <laughs> So they go to animal control where the bomb is taken care of with absolutely no fuss and the feds dispatched with only a very small amount of fuss. This very day on the Zeta Project, April 7th, 2001, Zeta goes to Gotham City where a villain attempts to use him to carry out an act of property destruction, causing him to briefly run afoul of Batman before everything gets sorted out. Same day. Episodes do not reference each other. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this year at the Emmys, Pinky Elmira and the Brain wins Best Children's Program somehow. Jesus. What? I assumed this was part of a crossover storyline because he comes to Gotham for Batman's help and yep. then gets mm -hmm. waylaid by all this mad no. stand stuff. We never, we never hear he what comes, he came. He oh, okay, comes to sorry. Gotham looking for the guy who programmed him, and he's like, "Hey, a science symposium. Yeah. He might be at that. He's a scientist." Yep. Oh, okay. So he's not specifically looking for Batman's help. He's just like, you know, I know right. Batman. And Rose, like, what really? All okay. right. That's fair. Uh, sad to say, you are not the first person to make the Stan Stan joke. Devlin got there first. Dang it! I knew I should have gone back and listened. <laughs> also, I'm disappointed you did an impression, a very good impression of Zeta and Batman, but you didn't do an impression of Henry Rollins. I I'm, I'm just just yelling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to like blow out the audio. Speaking speaking of um, Paul F. Tompkins characters, yelling. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I actually kind of enjoyed this one. I did not expect I to. It was I. It was fun. Zeta and his uh, nothing uh, sidekick show up. I'm like, well, this is going to be dull. And then Mad Stan shows up. Wait, it's going to be Mad Stan and, and Zeta? That's Hang that's on. a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah like, now you got me. Say. Yeah. Uh, I love um, Mad Stan. I, as somebody who watched the entire original run of the Zeta Project, I can, I can tell you, his, his sidekick, who's a, a spunky teenage runaway, does have a bit of personality. It doesn't really show up in the sure. cramming a lot in. Yeah, no, and that happens in uh, crossover, crossover episodes. You yeah, lose. Somebody's always good. Actually, if you don't mind going out of format, I, we could play my quote here because she does have yeah, a line fine. where it's really like, I'm on the crossover episode. I'd better mention a bunch of recurring characters yep. to establish that we're in the same universe. 911, emergency services. You have to help me. You have to help right away. There's a problem. Whoa, There's trouble. Whoa, whoa. I need Slow Batman. Down. You want who? Batman? Kid, this is an emergency number. But this is an emergency. What kind? Big. Really big. I saw the Royal Flesh Gang. Yeah, and they were trashing City Hall along with ink and blight and a gazillion jokers. And then Listen, kid. Filing a false report is against the law. You don't want to get into trouble, do you? I'm already in trouble. I need Batman. Yeah. Also, that just reminded me that Blight exists and <laughs> went away at the end of season one and never came back, and we really like that guy. Yeah, I guess we're never getting another Apparently. Blight episode. That's yeah. how that's how the 911 dispatcher knew it was fake. <laughs> Blight, Blight died three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> On then why do I night. have his skeleton coat? <laughs> He's getting attacked by Rat Boy in the Fantastic Four minus one, whatever they were called. Mm -hmm. Terrific three. <laughs> yeah, probably. Something like that. Yeah, probably. That sounds about right. Um, what was your good thing, Brian? Uh, well, my good thing is that the Batmobile seems to have a dedicated button that plays an off-brand version of the theme to a <laughs> summer place. <laughs> <laughs> but not not sung by um, Jasper, unfortunately. Theme to a summer, summer place. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah no he's he's telling Ro to wait in the car and she's like what am I supposed to do and he just presses a button and a theme to a summer place starts playing only yep. like yeah, one note like, off 
Mm-hmm. He's like, you're a fellow teen. We're roughly peers. You'll love this old-timey <laughs> uh, score from a movie everyone forgot. I've seen it. It's pretty good. But nobody else has seen that movie. <laughs> I forget. Maybe, I think maybe she, I you think have. she's supposed to be 14, and he's, what, 17? Mm. Yeah. Okay. He's probably yeah. a little older at so, this yeah. point. Yeah, but not much. He probably yeah. knows what he's the teens are into. He's still in high school, into. you know? Yeah. Yeah, he probably knows what songs are, are hot, is what I'm saying. Well, it's because nobody and ever wants are... to do future music, because it mm-hmm. always turns out embarrassing. No, yep. actually, actually, oh, this no, show... I... Yeah. This show has done a good job of that. They've gone to live music and they get actual bands. It just it sounds like sort of heavy punk. It's pretty Again, good. Again, just like Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> Batman hates playing vampire towns. Mm. Yeah. The, um Yeah, no, but uh I, I just I don't know. I like any time somebody presses a button in the Batmobile and it does something stupid. Yep. It feels like a bit of a cop out good thing for what is actually a pretty good episode, but mm. yeah, I thought it was cute. That's fair. Uh Maggie, yeah, also you... oh, it was just it was probably just supposed to be him turning on the radio, but I like to imagine it was a dedicated yeah, I, summer place I, button. I feel like the the sound design, like whoever was in charge of, you know, the script says some music plays. They really dropped the ball there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, uh, I like theme from a summer place. Yeah. I mean, as... As this or uh, the girl from Ipanina, so... <laughs> as catchy <laughs> themes from, like, uh, old movies go, it's pretty good, mm-hmm. but... Uh, That's right. It's supposed to be, like, 2050, and this kid... Well, this is actually... The thing is, this is actually the theme from A Summer Place Beyond. Oh, of course. It was, it was yeah, written by Percy Faith III. I'm or, pretty uh, sure they... from A Summer Place in the future. I thought it was called the theme from An Autumn Place, but uh, <laughs> that might be a little too... Uh... <laughs> it's a little highbrow for this. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, Maggie, what do you got for a good thing? Uh, I like the uh, redesign on Zeta. It was really nice of them to give him a face. Yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about this uh, in, in his first appearance. And how he looked bad. It didn't bother me, but I know you and Devlin were really bothered by that. Yeah. I didn't but, hate um, the way he looked. I actually quite liked the way he looked in his first appearance because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like, the, you know, he's supposed to be like an infiltration robot. Like, he doesn't need a head. Like, you know, he could have sensors all over his body. Well, and so I like the concept of him like, I don't need a head, so I will make a head, you know? Yeah. Well, and when they redesigned him, again, think about when I watched the show contemporaneously. I remember being like, oh, they gave him a face. That probably makes sense, given that he has to be the character on the show. Yeah, so. right. He's got a little slit mouth that I like, too. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool yep. little, like, googly robot eyes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love his googly robot eyes. That, not I... googly. That's the wrong word. We're giving the audience a false impression. No, no. That's about right. Picture <laughs> like a crash test dummy, but with googly eyes. Yep. Yeah, there you go. He doesn't Incredible. look any. I would absolutely give that Actually, guy he, a series. He, 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 he does, does look a lot like a crash test dummy. He does. Uh-huh. Well, uh, they were very popular in the uh, in the early aughts. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they had uh, they had a toy line and everything. They yeah, Saturday started. morning cartoon. Yep, mm-hmm. I had a lot of Crash Test Dummy action figures. Mm-hmm. Make them sing I that had... hit song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Tilo was saying she, for some reason, just cannot like she watched the entire series back in the day, but she cannot remember what Zeta looks like and just keeps picturing Helper from the Venture Brothers. <laughs> I, we, it's not that far off. That's we true. We absolutely need to make her draw the Zeta project from memory. Yep. Now I'm just thinking of that time she drew to Paul, and it was just like two giant breasts with a head on top. Yep. Accurate. <laughs> yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I. Didn't mind that they changed Zeta's voice, but uh, Diedrich Bader, uh, not even a bad choice. But mm-hmm. it, I, I, I didn't recognize his voice at all. Like, but um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. Like, on the one hand, I can kind of see him being sort of a naive data type who doesn't exactly understand how humans work and is kind of cute about it. But on the other hand, he just felt, as a a lead, he just felt weak to me. Yeah. It's something you get used to. I think they wanted to make him really data Spock. Like, you know, like, sure, I am very cold and logical, and also I have this sort of childlike nature at the same time because I do not understand the world I am in. And I can see that being gotta, charming, but yeah. I can't see that being the lead of a, I don't know. Is is this a remake of the Questor tapes? Well, that's that's why um, <laughs> kids love the Questor tapes. They do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that's kind of why Roe is there to be like the um, you know the the yin to his yang, or possibly yeah. the other way around. I always forget which one's which. Yeah, the the kid, the the hip young parson who drinks her yogurt mm-hmm. out of a tube. Yep. Exactly. She does shui skateboarding tricks. Actually, I'm amazed she didn't have a skateboard. I know, yeah. right? Maybe in the actual series. I'll call Bruce <clears throat> Tim on my time phone and be like, listen, this Zeta project, I know how to get it five seasons. Yep. You got you got a Tim time phone? That's impressive. <laughs> D- they only made like five of those. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other ones are, of course, belong to, uh, you know, Paul Dini, uh, Glenn Murakami, and Alan Burnett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for some reason, there was a spare one. I just happened to be passing by his yard sale. <laughs> hey kid, you want to buy a Tim Time phone? Does it look like the uh, Bat phone from the '66 show, like the the red phone? It actually looks like the Flintstones phone, only it's got pictures of the uh, the DC <laughs> producers on it. That makes sense, but you should still put it under a glass case, like the like the red phone. Oh, <laughs> I like this. I like this continuity we established. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I should have said I inherited Dwayne McDuffie's. Oh, oh. may he rest in peace. We we will be covering um his series in a couple weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks. We start ecstatic. Yeah. yeah, me too. Uh, my good thing, yes. the the addition of the little dog to Mad Stan's whole deal <laughs> yep. just that was perfect. so good. Because yep. he's he's just out there and he's angry, and then he goes home and he's got a cute little dog who loves him, and it's what? like What's yes, his name? perfect. Boom, boom, boom. Yes, I love. Yeah, I, the animation on it was. That the same way they draw little Maddie McGinnis, where he doesn't yep. quite look like he belongs in this show, but in a in a cute yeah. way that works for me. Yep. And I just I don't know I love him. Mad Mad Stan's entire like houseboat is first of all the fact that he has a houseboat. Yep. <laughs> Secondly, <the laughs> he's like Job. That, yeah, I was pictured him in a lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> but like, also we get a shot of it, and it's got like weird like anime pictures all over the wall. Yeah, it's got have a and, nice like, day a, and a bunch of big yeah. smiley things. Yeah. I'm like, is yeah, he a big just... Sailor Moon fan? Because I get it. His his I... inner life is pretty cheery. He just mm-hmm. hates how the world is, like, not letting him realize his happiness, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He I likes two that. things. Throwing, and you know, teen girl anime and throwing bombs mm-hmm. at people. I yeah. have his little dog. And his mm-hmm. dog. Yes. I honestly, I get it, you know? Yeah. I've never felt closer to Mad Stan than I, have, than I do now. He... Or as he calls himself around the houseboat, Glad Stan. <laughs> I'm going to become mad when I go out there. <laughs> Speaking oh. of um, the way he is in the, um, uh, in the, in the houseboat. Um, mm-hmm. So he literally does just take a bunch of drugs. They, they, they couch I it love in, that. They it's couch so it fucking in, funny. In friendly for TV format. They're like, he put knockout drops in his drink or whatever yep. it was. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so no, he, he, he went home, got stoned out of his gourd. Uh-huh. Well, it's, it and, was in a glass, but still, yeah, like yeah. it's it's definitely something hard. It wasn't just like a little bit of Nyquil or something. He took yeah. something mm-hmm. like some heroin or something. And then, remember what I said before about Batman saying maybe I should think about capturing these people instead mm-hmm. of uh, they do just leave him there. They do. Yep. 
Well, he hasn't done anything wrong. Is it? Is it really a crime to strap a bomb to someone and send them into a populated area? Oddly yes. enough, not anymore. Uh, probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably got a is second it, amendment. Is it a right crime to... to steal a loaf of bread to feed your farming, starving family? And what if your family don't like bread? What if they like cigarettes? <laughs> what if they like exploding? <laughs> what was the other one? Is it a crime to steal a loaf of bread to feed your family? Or to sell a bunch of weed to buy video games? Or to steal the video games because you smoked all the weed you were supposed to sell? <laughs> yeah, all of those are crimes. What's that from? Uh, that's from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Ah, that's okay. right, yeah. yeah. All of those yeah. are crimes. Even the weed one? <laughs> <laughs> See, now you, you when you started with the loaf of bread thing, I'm just picturing uh-huh. uh, Matt Stan running with the fucking... Uh, 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 <laughs> what's his name from, from Star Trek? I can't remember his name now. Eddington. Oh, oh yeah. You'll never catch me, Javert! <laughs> <laughs> is it a crime to steal a loaf of bread to feed your tiny dog <laughs> <laughs> no that, if that... I if I knew any of Valjean's songs I would be singing them right now but he's a very mm-hmm. boring lead character <laughs> <laughs> that dog Kiro's Taco Bell and you know it I that dog definitely Kiro's Taco Bell it's 2001 and, also... and he's a chihuahua <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also was uh, was uh, in Star Wars commercials with uh, Colonel yep. Sanders and that attractive uh the Pizza, pizza Hut, hut yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was when when they were like, we're we're doing this uh, thing. So um, who's Pizza all, Hut's all, mascot? All three yeah. of Yum Brands people put in your mascot, and Pizza Hut was like, we don't. Ha- um, p- how about a Pizza, pizza Hut employee? Person? Yeah, how about an employee? Do people get Pizza Hut delivered? I we, I we honestly yes. don't know. But guess when you live out in the middle of nowhere and your choices are Domino's and Pizza Hut, you get it mm-hmm. about half the time. Yeah. See, Pizza Hut delivered. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, Pizza we, Hut very much is the uh, place you go to for your twelfth birthday. <laughs> uh, see, I it's very much a delivery place for me. Like I know mm. people go there, but no, for me it's I have mm. given up. I don't have much money, so bring me a terrible pizza. Yep, <laughs> I will tell you this: even with my New Jersey pizza provincialism, sometimes Pizza Hut's what I'm in the mood for. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, same. Sometimes you just want to eat garbage. You know, yeah. <laughs> same. Also, they they have little uh, apple pies that they fry, and uh, uh, McDonald's doesn't do that anymore. Mm. So if really? you want if you want one of them mm-hmm. like hot fried apple pies, Pizza Hut's the only place you can get them, as far as I know. Yeah. So I get a taste for them sometimes. I don't know what to tell you. All right. This has been our Pizza Hut podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the combination kids love Batman and Pizza Hut. <laughs> um. My bad thing, and, and Brian yeah. touched on this in his summary already, but his rants are always triggered by something in the news. Okay, first of all, that's Dennis Miller's MO. Yep. <laughs> Second, Bruce needed to research that to tell Terry, oh, by the way, the thing he's mad about is the thing, like a current event. Yeah, Terry's there listening to it. He could probably put that together on his own, man. Also, it's not like Mad Stan is subtle about the things that he's angry about at any <laughs> no. given moment. No. Well, but no, the weird thing is what they do then is in order to figure out where he's sending Zeta, they just turn on the news the first story they see is about like an increase in the cost of pet licenses mm. and they're like yeah. he's gonna blow up the gotham animal control and it's like, like yep yeah, that'll probably do it the, mm-hmm. the weirdest part is they're right mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a black dynamite level of crime solving <laughs> so he's correct he's not even watching the, like he's just watching the first story on the news and that's enough yeah you you would think this guy would be easier to catch but apparently not <laughs> well, and no, when you can catch him you just, just don't yeah, yeah. I, do, I, I wanted to get back to the, him drugging himself, though. I love that. I love, yep. like, because you've basically, you, can, you can't figure out where the bomb is because he's unconscious. He's kind mm-hmm. of defeated you in a very simple, stupid way, and I love it. Yep. And I mean, they ca- and they can't arrest me while I'm asleep because that's entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like a man and a dog. A man and his dog can't be arrested for the same crime. Oh, wait a minute. No. He lives on a houseboat, which means maritime law applies. <laughs> yes. Call Cherith cute story. <laughs> <laughs> You're a crook, Mad Stan. <laughs> uh, Brian, what was your bad thing? Um, so there's uh, two scenes where a bunch of jokers are mm-hmm. hassling people on the street, and mm-hmm. this is the worst jokers ever. One uh, of them is definitely the Babadook. Yeah, uh, there's there's the the top hat one. I feel like oh, no, all no. of them have shown up here and there. And then... there's two top hat ones. It's like yep. top hat day at the Jokers for some reason. <laughs> I have, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm 99 percent sure I'm correct about this. The whole reason the Jokers exist is so that they could have a Joker in the first action figure wave. Oh yeah, um, probably. I mean, we because there's have... the one who dresses like the Joker. Yeah. The, the one I believe Bruce uh, voiced by Bruce Tim. Mm-hmm. No, we've um, at length talked about how uh, what a what a what a weird vision of the future they had that a bunch of aggro douchebags would uh, adopt the Joker as the guy they want to be like. Yeah, who on earth could have seen that coming? Yeah, but then I mean, as as you guys have seen, every few episodes, like a new Joker's gang shows up, mm-hmm. right? Um, and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad, and. Uh, you know, like the ones that you'll be seeing next week in Return of the Joker are actually quite good. Yes. Um, the ones in this one were, it was, their clown outfits were lame and uninspired. Mm-hmm. And they were hassling people on the street, but not like trying to rob them or anything. It was just like random violence, but also they didn't seem to feel like actually doing anything violent. See, no, they... I kind of like the idea that they're like, they're, they're not Jokers. They're guys who wish that they were Jokers, but aren't <laughs> cool enough to be Jokers. So they just dress up kind of like clowns and kind of are mean. But we have seen the real Jokers like definitely do stupid shit that's not really crime. Like they were hassling Xander at fake Chuck E. Cheese last week. That is true. Yeah. Just for just because he was playing the wrong video game or some, mm-hmm. like, it was some real dumb shit. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, more of that in this one. And then mm-hmm. um, I mentioned this, I, I made a little note in the uh, Kids Love Batman Beyond section. Um, Zeta definitely just tries to murder them. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. No, he um, he does a thing where his waist swivels completely 360 and spins the guy and flings him off a bridge. He's probably dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If, if the Batmobile didn't happen to be passing by at just that moment, he would have died. And I'm like, yep. Did they forget that Mad Stan didn't like mind control him or something? He just said, "Go to this building. That's where Batman's going to meet you." No, he oh. had he had the bomb on his back like a kick me sign. Like nothing was <laughs> affecting the way he acted. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maggie, what was your bad thing? I don't remember. Oh, uh, once again, the Batmobile should be a lot harder to bug. Like, come on, guys, this keeps happening. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Brian, you brought this up in your summary. It's it just encrusted with bugs at this point. <laughs> yep. Well, and I had a note like, uh, so the feds definitely know where the Batmobile is now, but they did at the end say, uh, "And I took the bug off your car." So, and all right, also, all right. uh, the feds do not know where the Batmobile is, so uh-huh. we don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> um. So I was looking up uh who voiced um uh Roe. Yes. And yeah. her name is Julie Nathanson, who I don't know from anything. Uh, Brian, I'm sure you can name 30 of her credits right now. I definitely uh, recognize her, uh, her voice. I, by the way, was also doing some research. Turns out the name of the Jokers in question was Top Hat Joker. Uh-huh. 
Uh, let me see. She was Silver Banshee and Julie in Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, which I saw mm. recently. She's in Far mm-hmm. Cry 5, but not as one of the main ones. Yeah, so uh, nobody... She is, uh, she's the current Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Ah. Oh, well, okay. Um, well, that's something. Well, yeah. The, yeah, she was on her, Spider-Man. She was, yeah. Her, but her other DC animated role, like officially mm-hmm. in this continuity from Zeta, actually, yeah. is a character called Squirrel Girl. Wow. Look at uh, Look her is... up. Look her up in the DC wiki. She looks basically like Marvel Squirrel Girl, but with like a different color palette. Uh, that is from an episode where uh, Zeta and Ro have to um, disguise themselves in order to go into a, um, a oh, comic so it's convention. not so it's Ro as oh my, Squirrel. It's Girl. It's, it's Ro not... as Squirrel Girl. Okay, oh but God, even it's Squirrel Girl. Even still, they yeah, just no, made no, a Squirrel it, Girl yeah. with a big tail that looks like Marvel's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also they're... Squirrel Girl definitely existed at this point. Yeah, no, she was created in the '90s. I know that. Yeah, by Steve Ditko. Yeah. So, um, huh? Yeah. Yep. Well, these so. guys don't like. Honestly, DC and Marvel kind of like. Do you remember there was uh there was a video game and there was a comment there were a bunch of things using the word superhero, and mm-hmm. DC and Marvel decided collectively that they own that word. Mm. Oh yeah, because they did. I remember that uh, yeah. superhero happy hour had to change yeah, that's, to hero. That's what happy I was thinking of. But there was also the entire a, flow of the title. Yep. Mm-hmm. But there was also a, a MMORPG uh, uh, that had some kind of superhero word in the title, and they had to take yeah. that out too. Um, but uh, the what I'm saying is these companies can get on the same page with uh, rights if they want to. Like they don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they sue each other a lot necessarily. So. Uh, she was also uh, Gilda in the Long Halloween movies. That seems to be her other recent uh, mm. big DC thing. Ah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's good that she's still working for these guys. I'm yeah. sure they pay pretty well. Uh, what else? Mm. Um, well, as far as the other, as long as we're talking about actors, the um, yeah. the further, hey, it's that guy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you got Kurtwood Smith. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. Love the, that. Uh, the lead villain of the Zeta Project. The shady um, government man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Karen then his Zeta, dumbass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his sidekicks are uh, well, Lauren Tom, who's not really a bad guy because she's on the show all the time. But sure. yeah, you know. honestly, so is Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, yeah, I did write Michael Rosenbaum. Well, I, I I wrote him in my notes here as semi-recognizable DCAU mainstay Michael Rosenbaum. No, he's he's shown up in like <laughs> he's a ton he's, of these episodes. Not... Well, because I know he's um uh he's in uh, Return of the Joker and he's doing like a um. Uh, he's doing a walking impression, I think. Oh, yeah, God, if that's I'm remembering right. correctly. Yep, I, yep, I, I remember that guy. I thought that was Bruce Timm's walking impression, but I could be wrong. No, um, no, it's, he, it's definitely him. I remember because I remember. Okay. Seeing, well, because and the big, I'm, I'm blowing up all of the. Hey, it's that guy for next week. Now that's the big, a... the big one is um, Henry Rollins. Right, of course. Um, and then the little ones from Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So like, they were definitely like, for these Joker's is um, let's uh, you know, let's uh, let's let's bring some talent in. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, even as I was writing that, I'm like, he's probably not so much a hey, it's that guy as, and another role for Michael Rosenbaum. No, he's, <laughs> he is, uh, like, Shriek's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, right-hand, like, henchman oh, guy. his he's, guy, yeah. Yeah, he's a yeah. bunch of people. Well, he's, uh, he, the Flash, of course. Yeah, he'll um, be Flash later, but I'm saying he's shown up in this show a ton already. Like, what happened, I assume, was he was sort of the, like, you are with, with, with our stuff. Mm-hmm. Where just yeah. like keep him on staff, and if we have a voice that'll work for you, we'll use you. Yeah. And he then... was the uh, he was the little bowler hat Joker <laughs> mm-hmm. in the same episode. So, well, and but then they're probably like, well, shit, he'd probably be good as the Flash. Let's let's just use that mm-hmm. guy. And indeed, he was. Yep. There you go. I uh, I always like it when somebody comes on to do a voice, and they're just like, while you're here, do five more voices. Yep. Yep. Oh, no, they always uh, do that. 
I just watched that um, uh, Chip and Dale movie the other day, and Rachel Bloom has like one prominent part, and then mm. there's like Aww. nine other nine other people that I was watching. It well, not even prominent, just like featured in one scene. But yeah. as mm-hmm. I was watching, I could be like, "Yeah, it's definitely also Rachel Bloom." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's nice. No, that's a that's a that's a voice director's trick. Well, why mm-hmm. cast two people when you can just use someone who can do two voices? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, Diedrich Bader, as we mentioned, as uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Zeta, which is uh, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, big departure from his Batman voice. Oh, definitely. Oh, like yeah, I yeah. honestly, I'm I'm pretty good at recognizing voices, and I would have not would not have caught that that was Diedrich Bader. It didn't mm-hmm. sound anything like any voice I've heard him do before. He's got so. a lot of vocal talent. I say I, I I've mentioned this uh, elsewhere, but one of the things that makes him so good as voice actor is that like he's he's got kind of like three stock voices, and there's these his scary voice, his suave voice, and his robot voice, and this mm, is his robot right. voice. So yeah, if you haven't ah. heard it, you haven't. And no, and the thing he, is, I always thought he was a good actor, but I didn't know mm-hmm. he had a lot of range. Mm. Yeah, and and he tends to play people in animation that his somewhat goofy appearance precludes him from playing in live action. Because <laughs> right, let's say he would never get cast as a live action Batman. You know, that's no, definitely true. <laughs> Even on uh, on Veep, where he was playing somebody who was fairly intimidating and honestly mm. using half a Batman voice to do it. Like, yep, yep, it's still a comedy show, you know. Mm-hmm. He's just always going to be the guy from the Drew Carey show to me. In the uh, the Country Bears movie, he plays one of the bears and also one of the main antagonists. Oh my god, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> and it's great because he's wearing, throughout most of the movie, a really obviously fake mustache, but nobody ever brings it up. And then <laughs> towards the end of the movie, it gets knocked off. And then they're like, wait, you're wearing a fake mustache? And he's like, yeah. And then the next scene, he's just wearing it again, and nobody ever <laughs> says a thing about it again. <laughs> That's Country a Bears fucking, is a good movie, damn it. That's a good fucking gag. All right. Uh, Country Bears is a surprisingly good movie, and I stand by that. I absolutely enjoy the scene where Christopher Walken keeps destroying models of Country Bear outside of the house. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, and one final, hey, it's that guy before we get out of this section. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, scientist at the beginning, that Maggie, I saw you mention this in your notes, like that you, mm. you, you know who that is, but you couldn't figure it out. Yep. Uh, it's uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Wu from Deadwood. I don't know what you ah. know him from. but I don't think Maggie's seen Deadwood because we just recently I... talked about it and I said yeah. she would like it, but I don't think you've actually seen it. Not yet, no. Yeah, no, but he, I think I think he's one of those of, character cool actors stuff. too. Mm. Yeah, I I think he's the guy that you call when George Takei says no because yeah. they have they have fairly similar cadences. No, and, and this show has done like these shows have done a good mm-hmm. job of uh, casting ethnically appropriate uh, voice actors. Like you don't get a white guy to play your Asian character, which is good. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I like that they do that. I appreciate. Same that. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with uh, characters of color usually, but usually they just call. Um, Phil Lamar, and maybe, you know, maybe maybe get a few others on the on the, on the list. Yeah, that's what we're anyway. talking about. Once once you've got Phil in the studio, you're like, all right, and here's yeah. the eighty pages of characters you'll be playing today. Mm-hmm. No, this is this is what I'm anticipating going into Static because I believe. I mean, he's the main guy, but I feel like he's also about half the cast. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. All right. Uh, I bet Bumper else? Robinson shows up. Could be, and um uh. Oh God! What's his name? I can't think of. Uh, well, Ke- Kevin Michael Richardson is going to be there. Yeah, that's that's yeah. who um, I was thinking of. Yes, Garrett Morris. I'm just trying to think of like what black Garrett Morris does Andrew of, Romano uh... know? Yeah, he's been here and there. Okay, um, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, so... yeah, I, I'm looking at his uh, DCAU wiki page right now, and there's it's a weird thing because you know how you can tell, even though the shows all have pretty similar design, you can tell what show it's from by looking at it. Oh which yeah, I, which I think is neat. There's a lot of static on this page. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. 
All right. Anything else about this episode? Uh, it's everything I got. Brian? Uh, yeah, no, I believe that's everything I got. And that's two episodes. So, all right, I'm out of here. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Season <laughs> finale. <What>? Series. <laughs> series finale. Mm-hmm. For My some life. reason. Doesn't doesn't feel like it, but... Does not feel sure like doesn't. it. It feel, it It feels like a bit of a season finale, but it does it, not feel like maybe. a series finale. I liked this episode quite a bit, but... I thought, honestly, if you look at the 13 they did this season, I would have ended with the race episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or maybe like the Cobra two-parter, you know, end with a big, you know, big two-part event kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We'll I talk about this in a minute, but, but yeah. Cobra's like... Uh, we'll well, talk I, mean, about this I mean, they're back, so... Yeah. Uh, well, here we go. Unmasked. Outside Hamilton High High School... Uh, Hamilton High High School. I'm off to a great start already. Hamilton Hill Chris High School. Coding. Mm-hmm. A setting I haven't particularly missed for uh, seeing for most of this season. Max is busy indulging in her favorite pastime, bossing around other people who are doing hard physical labor. This time it's not in a superhero capacity, though. She's supervising setting up for, I don't know, future homecoming or cyber prom or something. Terry shows up late only to discover Max has made an offhand joke to the other kids about how you never see Terry McGinnis and Batman in the same place at the same time. Okay, that's not actually the joke she makes, but you don't come to my summaries for accuracy. Or if you do, you're dumber than Dana who, incidentally, (laughs) still doesn't actually know Terry is Batman. Why the fuck don't you just tell her already, says Max, exercising serious restraint in not grabbing him by the shoulders and shaking him violently. Sensing the perfect opportunity for a framing device, Terry spins the tale of that time he fought Cobra. No, not that time. Or that one. Wait, when did Cobra become such a big part of his life? I knew I was right about that. Anyway, this was way back when he was first starting out, season one Terry, and I'm glad he told us this because there's no obvious visual cue to help us figure that out on our own, like, say, having his hair up in a bun. This is a (laughs) reference to Star Trek Voyager. So, yeah, Terry from two years ago is fighting Cobra because he always fought Cobra, who says that he hasn't, and a small child gets caught on the roof of a burning building. Come with me if you don't want to burn to death, growls the terrifying bat monster who is literally covered in flames. And for some inexplicable reason, said small child, or Miguel as he insists on being called because that's his name, is terrified of this. What a little coward. So Terry pulls (laughs) off the bat mask to reveal that he's just some guy. And I guess Miguel's parents never taught him to be wary of 16-year-old boys, which are actually far more dangerous than Batman. Cobra quickly determines what happened, kidnaps Miguel, and shoves him into their brain-reading machine, which is probably ecstatic to have a person who has actual thoughts in it that aren't just... That's a reference to snakes. (laughs) Terry rockets into the rescue, but he's too late. Cobra has successfully discovered the face in Miguel's mind, which turns out to be the face of his extremely generic action figure. Cobra can't actually tell the difference between an extremely cheap toy and an actual human face, because again, this is a callback to a reference to snakes. So Terry's identity is safe, this time, by which I mean uh, that time a few years ago. And that's why not telling Day Nine Batman was the best summer vacation ever. End of series. Uh, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> I actually really like this one, but it was, it was a good one. yeah. I and it, let me let me just jump into my good thing. Mm-hmm. I, I like it because it is a quintessential Batman story that has been done a lot, but in a good way. Like yeah. to look at the whole point of Batman, his whole mo is dressing up scary to frighten people, and then when he goes to rescue people who are, you know, ostensibly innocent and the people he's helping, they're scared because he's dressed up like something scary. Like, well, it's good to explore that and say, okay, but the criminals and the good mm-hmm. people don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. You're a scary monster. 
I mean, that's half the plot of the new movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's... he's like, at a certain point, he's like, oh, I've got to lead a bunch of people to safety right now, and I'm still dressed like a crazy monster. No, we've <laughs> seen, I, I've seen a bunch of, like, and I'm not even as steeped in this as, as either of you are, but, like, mm. I've seen a bunch of stories like this done very well, because, yeah, it's, well, uh, it's a good point. Yeah. New Frontier has a great uh, yep. section on that. That's what I was thinking of. There was also yeah. an episode of the animated series who, that did it. And, yeah, of course this kid would be scared of this, like, and that's why it was a flashback to early Batman, because the kid didn't know who Batman was yet. Yeah. Don't worry, kid. I'm not evil. I'm Shway. Oh, well then. Oh. <laughs> what's the what's the bad version of Shway? I couldn't remember that. Oh god. Uh well there's the uh, hmm. I don't know. Non you, Shway? You call people dregs, I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking of. I'm not dregs a dreg, I'm Shway. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking of that recess episode where the kid got in trouble for saying something wamps and he's like, but that's the word I say, so I don't say words that get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I like the premise of it. I thought it was pulled off very well. The, the kids mm-hmm. POV of seeing Batman emerging from the flames, I thought was excellent. As you said, still on fire. I'm like, Batman, you can't help this kid. You're on fire. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, he dialed up the, the scary bat voice just a little bit. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, of course the kid's terrified. Look, he's trapped in a fire and this just came at him. Sorry. I'm still practicing my scary Batman voice. Also, there's all this smoke. Oh, oh. <laughs> Would it help if I said that's government property? <laughs> <laughs> you can't make cappuccino. Wait, I'll come in again. <laughs> but it's um, you know, I I like it, and I like the kid. The kid doesn't mm-hmm. irritate me. I just I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it. he's he's fine. Yeah, that kid episode. by the end of this episode had to think, oh, Batman's my best friend now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I also this is a weird thing, but. I like that Cobra actually dealt with him like as a little kid. They're like, listen, look, we know we kidnapped you and we threatened to destroy your toy. But then at a certain point, Cobra boss was like, all right, we need to take a different tactic. He's like, here, hold on to the toy. Now we're just going to put this little thing on your head. Mm-hmm. And suddenly mm-hmm. it started like working better. And yep. I was like, yeah, I like this guy. He, you're way better than the other secret King Cobra head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rudimentary like child psychology 101. <laughs> that's That's the bar. That's where the bar yep. is. Knowing that you n- need to not be mean to a child. <laughs> but you're you right. throw him in a snake pit. Yeah, they had a fucking like, snake pit. Also, uh-huh. here's our kids love Batman moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Cobra guard just straight up kills himself. He's like, I don't want to be captured by Batman. Jumps into the lethal snake pit. Yep, death by snake. Very good. And- and his final words are something like, I shall be remembered. I'm like, no, they're just going to no. the, the clone's going to be finished in like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So they're growing Xander to uh, to take care of all this. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this I just pictured like a like a generic picture of a guy with like a snake mask on, like hanging up in the in the Cobra bathroom that just says like a hero. Oh, yeah. With like um with with like a, a shrine stuff around it, like candles yep. and flowers and stuff. Mm hmm. Uh, he, um, by the way, I, I, Cobra <laughs> never did. <laughs> he lived his life like a candle in the wind, unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I looked the guy up by the way who played him, and he's he's nobody of note, but he's a major character on Static Shock. Um, ah, okay. He's the 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 billionaire guy who makes the uh, stuff that gives everybody their superpowers. Mm. So cool. I <sighs> nice nice that they they liked what they saw. I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I I had I, I alluded to this in my summary, but I mentioned this a few weeks ago that Cobra suddenly becomes part of this like a huge part of the show, and then it we got to like five episodes yeah. left, and I'm like I guess I was wrong. No, they really shoehorn it in at the end here. Uh, up oh to yeah, it, including this retcon that that Terry was fighting them three years ago, and like no, he wasn't. Yeah, 
He's well, surprised when he sees them for the first time earlier this season. And I'm not I'm not a big continuity guy, but that's kind of a oh, you yeah. mean there's a worldwide cult trying to take over the world? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. I am uh, this, I am looking it up on the wiki right now, and the leader of the Cobra organization in their first appearance in Plague mm-hmm. was this same guy. Well that's oh, continuity. Wow. So right. well, I don't know. I mean if he maybe it's like he jumped into the snake but it was like actually. Oh, you know I see what? what you mean. Yeah. You know what? Never mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think for a season two episode that might maybe that's how they got out of the uh, standards and practices. No, he didn't kill himself because chronologically he's still alive. So, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I Cobra's not interesting enough to do a two parter and another episode. And then mm-hmm. this episode, like it's, it's all no, at they're, once. They're that... a generic snake. There's snake cults in every single cartoon and all of yep. them are more interesting than this. Yep. yep. I just, I spent so much time just thinking of, like, them as 21 and 24, you know? Yep. <laughs> I can't believe we're going to have to get changed into dinosaurs. My stanza! <laughs> I just said kerchief. <laughs> uh, but, Maggie, this kind of ties into your bad thing. Uh, yeah, I have real trouble taking Cobra seriously before because they sucked and are terrible. <laughs> yeah. But now that I know that all of any of these idiots want is to be dinosaurs and to make the world hot, any credibility that they could possibly have had is just out the window. Oh yeah, we didn't really talk about them wanting to make the world hot, like, like, because uh, my thought was just wait. Yeah, you guys are blowing up a bomb in a volcano. Just wait about thirty years. We'll take care of that for you. Z- there, there's a bit in that episode and I forgot to mention, but it's hilarious where Xander's turned himself into a dinosaur, and then Kyrie stops the bomb from going off, and Xander's like, "What the hell? I can't live like this." <laughs> I put on a snake. This is me now. <laughs> I'm a snake. My skin exploded. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm going to have to go find a hot rock to lie on like Garrick. <laughs> uh, Brian, what was your good thing? I, sorry, I, I was researching while that was all going on, and I found something fascinating, but I'll do my good and bad thing first. Yes. Okay. Because uh, this, this is going to take up its whole own section. Because mm-hmm. um, my good and bad things do tie together, which is always nice when that mm. happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the bit where the cops go to arrest Batman and then they don't because a four-year-old tells them not to. Yep. It felt like, because they're like, all right, stop you. You're under arrest. And the kid's like, no, he he's a good guy. And they're like, well, if you say so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that felt like real. We got, a fr- we got a framing device and we got a story and we got to wrap it up real quick stuff. Like, you, we have seen that. Right. Time to get to the next beat. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I, I had already started writing into my bad thing. Like we could have tried a little harder guys. And then it turns out that the cop was actually a Cobra guy in disguise. And it was like, I was like, Oh, they were actually telegraphing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. You know what? More sophisticated storytelling than I expected from you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there you go. A bad thing. That said, I know kids WB has their corporate directives, but we could have just had a good old dirty Gotham cop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's this, Bruce has this really awkward line with, like, the cop car and the uniform were stolen by Cobra. And I'm like, mm. or they just have, Cobra has a guy yeah. on the police payroll. Like, mm-hmm. you're in a Batman story. We can have a bad cop. Also, yeah. while I'm sure it's been said on the show, the stylized G on the police uniforms looks like a number five, and that is just silly. Uh, it's not a G. It is a five. And it's what? a five because five O. you see. Cops. Where's the O? Oh, the circle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not good. It, no, I it's terrible. It was a, I thought it was a G for Gotham, and it was just stylized nope. to the point that it looked like a five. No, you, actually, your brother, uh, like, we had this whole extended conversation about this, and we This is why all... I should listen to the show more often. I think yes. this is on Twitter, actually, but... Uh, oh, okay, okay, good. We, we researched it. listen to Twitter more often, too. Yeah. 
uh, and um, uh, it turns out, yeah, it's five for five zero, which is very <laughs> stupid. Yep. I can't believe my my stupid explanation was less stupid than the actual stupid explanation. Yeah, if it, if it was meant to be a G, I'd mm-hmm. be like, well, all right, okay. Yeah, it's all bad. Like, yep. Here's what I found out. Let me tell you the air dates of season three of Batman Beyond. Right. Uh, we had I know three, this, but okay. three episodes in September 2000, mm-hmm. uh, two in October 2000, three mm-hmm. in November 2000, mm-hmm. one in December, one in Jan- or two in January, and then count. So that's uh, February or, uh, or February rather, February 3rd, mm-hmm. February 10th. That's Curse of the Cobra Part 1 and Part mm-hmm. 2. In April 7th, mm-hmm. as I said, countdown for the big Zeta crossover, which I guess is why they held off on that one. And mm-hmm. then December. So April to December, that's when well, Unmasked finally airs. I know, I know oh, Unmasked. Know why? Well, I I will set up the rest of this, but I know mm-hmm. it was supposed to air in September. Yes, which would still be like six months after the previous episode. So they're like, yep. series finale, just schedule it whenever we have time, which is they, a Dis- Disney XD move. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are on the Endeavor schedule. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but they are also owned by Time Warner. So right, right, know. right, right. Right, but yeah, they've, was, they've got less of an excuse. But it was supposed to air two days after nine eleven, and yep. then they're like, "Shit, this is a terrorist organization. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not now." Yeah, yeah it's it's not like we're they're specifically blowing up buildings. But they're like, it's just it's pretty. Just give it give it two months because it's yeah. pretty darn terror adjacent right here. Also, but nobody's it, watching this cartoon right now. They're all mm-hmm. glued to the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was so weird that like. The, essentially, the show finished its run in November, and then they had burn off, and I'm like. Why? Mm-hmm. Why not just schedule it normally? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's if, I, if I knew such things, I would be the guy responsible for scheduling Gravity Falls at Disney, which aired its third season, I think, over the course of three years on sure random did. dates and times. Mm-hmm. Still or, waiting for new episodes of Owl House, by the way. <laughs> or uh, Steven Universe, which would go away for a year and then suddenly mm-hmm. drop 30 episodes and then disappear again. Yep. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, my bad thing... Uh, yes. I thought Miguel's little jumpsuit was very dorky. He looked like the kid <laughs> from Lost in Space. <laughs> so what you're saying, it was a perfect future look? Yes. I got a real uh, Oshkosh Bagosh <laughs> thing going on. Oshkosh Beyond. Beyond. <laughs> I like it. I'm just like, we've we've celebrated this show's aesthetic, mm-hmm. like future aesthetic, almost mm-hmm. across the board. We like almost every aspect of the fashion and the, the, the architecture and everything. So whenever it fails like this, it's like, oh, man, you guys know what you're doing. What the fuck happened? Well, because mm-hmm. it was it was uh, like lavender jumper slash overalls over a seafoam shirt with a uh, yep. lavender like Nehru collar. Yeah. And I'm like, that that is, you know, that's the kind of thing that you would probably see. Uh, a teenager wearing on this show, but then they're like, he's a kid, so make it a one piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 a weird choice. I like mm-hmm. the kid, though, like I said. Yeah. His toy looks like Mad Stan. It does. His toy is so, like, I was at the dollar store yesterday and looking, like, marveling over the wonderful generic toys, and it looks like mm-hmm. that. It looks like it doesn't even have a name. And his yep. name is Soldier Stan. Or, so, uh, no, Soldier Sam. Sam, Sam. Excuse me, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's nothing. It's like, those guys really, lo- and I said this in my summer, but those guys looked at that face and said, well, this is a real human person. Let's tell yep. the other Cobras about it. He looks almost exactly like uh, JT Marsh from Exo Squad, <laughs> which uh, that's a real 90s. You know, I'm just going to, we're just going to do this again. I'm just going to drop a picture there in the chat. 
Did I not just send you a picture of Soldier Sam, basically? Yeah, pretty much. That's him. Someone who could never in a million years be mistaken for an actual person. Mm -hmm. It's not like he had one of those, like, uh, McFarlane Hot Toys fucking, you know, like, very detailed things. He had a mouth and eyes, and that was it. He also had a big scar, like, let's not forget. It's a very notable feature. Well, yeah. that was uh, Batman. If, if we we've all read Year One, his original yeah, plan exactly. was just to give himself a big scar so nobody would notice that he was Bruce Wayne. <laughs> what well, are criminals afraid of? Bruce Wayne with a giant scar? No, no. See, I'm I'm Batman. I have a scar. He's Bruce Wayne. He's no scar. Dot com. <laughs> Lance Hunt wears glasses. Captain Amazing doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> There was a. This is a. This is a deep cut. Brian will probably get this. Uh, Maggie, you're definitely not going to. But when they're looking in uh, Miguel's brain, it was just a an ent- endless stream of crimsics. The little <laughs> light. Get that. The little lightning monster from an episode of Transformers. <laughs> I did not get that. That's okay. Some people will get it. You guys talked about home improvement for five minutes, so let me have. That this. is true. <laughs> That's also, not even everything I know about home improvement. No, I'm good. Um. You know what Wilson's last name was? It was Wilson. It sure was. It was also his middle name, I believe. It was Wilson W. Wilson. I believe the the uh, was never confirmed, but we can easily assume. Wait, the volleyball I mean, the show's from not uh, that clever, so the volleyball from Castaway, the, the volleyball the from same. Home Improvement. Ah, very well. There's a point where they're trying to get him to like before they start being nice to him, like you said. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he's he's losing his concentration. Think, and it's like <laughs> I was a kid with undiagnosed ADHD, and I can assure you, yelling at someone to focus is completely effective. Good job, guys. That was uh, definitely my dad's approach to uh, teaching me math. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you getting this? Ad. <laughs> I can tell you it's, this. I definitely got scared when they threatened to snap Soldier Sam in half because I was like, oh, that thing's made of cheap plastic. It is going oh, yeah. to go. Yeah, the rubber band that uh, holds the two halves together is going to snap from age in like a year anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was impressed that uh, they finally perfected a way to make the little missile launcher safe. That, mil- that missile launcher... Almost puts out a guy's eye. Like all mm-hmm. those years, we were we were warned that those things were dangerous. He actually hits a cobra guy with it enough to let him like get him to let him go and run away. Yeah, that's like, that's. Oh, I guess I just I guess I shouldn't have a Boba Fett action figure. Yeah, good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're at one point the the guy disguised as a cop shoots this weird. It looks like a dart gun. Like a it's like he's shooting jarts at someone, and it's like <laughs> it doesn't really fit the cobra aesthetic. Is that part of the cops? Like, the cops just have that? Well, I mean, they also had the wrist knives, and they were like, these are the fangs of the cobra. So I feel like you could justify any sharp thing with that. I well, mean, the f- again, these are guys who are like, we need to turn into lizard people. Mm-hmm. What about dinosaurs? Ah, that's close to snakes, right? Sure. Is this around the time the dinosauroid was popular? That was more of a... Um... Uh, that was more of an 80s thing, I think. Did it was like dinosauroid? The dinosauroid is this, like, um, it was this thing where somebody was like, what if uh, Truodons had kept evolving instead of uh, apes evolving? What would oh, it look I like? See. And they're like, oh. it, it would look like a human. And I'm like, no, that's not how evolution works. It's no. not a, an, a, an ongoing thing to make things bipedal. It's, no, it's know. random mutations that help mm-hmm. you survive and the ones that don't die. As, as somebody pointed out, we know what happens when dinosaurs keep evolving. They're flying around our backyard. <laughs> well, we didn't know that in the 80s. <laughs> True. If, if a truodon had kept evolving, it would have turned into like a ground hornbill or something. Right. Mm. I was well, just anyway, an... I thought maybe they were like, ah, lizard people. That's what we'll do. Mm-hmm. I was annoyed by the, 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 the knives just because he's like, these are our fangs. Like, 
that's on your wrist. You know, yeah. you know, snakes don't have wrists, right? Mm-hmm. Well, <sighs> and he he kept going with that because he's like, they're so sharp, you won't even feel it when they stab you, but you will feel the paralyzing venom. And I was thinking, <laughs> I feel like you won't. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what makes it paralyzing venom is that it causes you to stop feeling things. That's a good point. Listen, this guy had a whole speech that he rehearsed in the mirror when he was putting on his knives for the first time, and he mm-hmm. was going to tell you all of it. And the like the first sentence, he confuses uh, venomous with poisonous, and it just fucks yep. the whole. Re- <laughs> nobody takes him seriously. <laughs> not you mean if I bite you, I'll die. Son of a- damn it! Uh, I'll start. Again. He was uh, he was a bit of a hey, it's that guy. He was uh, Keith Sarabakia. Or, I don't know who that know. is. Not hundred yeah. percent sure how his name is pronounced. He's like he's a, a that guy to the extent that when he shows up in a movie, you're like that guy. Oh, um, yeah. He was in um, in the Dark Knight. He's the guy that beats up the Joker in the prison cell. Uh, he's got some line like you're gonna enjoy this so i'm gonna have to enjoy it even more or something right um is as i pointed out in my little note um one of several people in that franchise that could have been harvey bullock and i don't know why they weren't Mm -hmm. um but he's that he was on angel actually he's another um uh weeding guy he was um Mm -hmm. holtz the vampire hunter ah okay um yeah a lot of a lot of uh, miscellaneous different stuff big audiobook guy actually um yeah he uh, he was laser beak in the transformers movies (laughs) so how why wasn't that Frank Welker? <laughs> uh, Frank Welker was uh, Soundwave in that know, same I movie. Know, so I'm like, it's no, it's not like they didn't have his number. And then they eventually, when Hugo Weaving was just like, yeah, I'm done with these, they just gave Megatron back to Frank Welker. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I just, at, a certain, I, I, at a certain point, Frank was like, I'm just going to keep hanging around. They're just going to keep giving me more parts. I know how this business works. I me mean, and Phil Lamar. Peter Cullen. <laughs> I, yeah, but Frank Welker, as I'm sure you have both seen, like someone figured out that he... Uh, more than any other actor has been in higher grossing. Like if you total up oh, the yeah, grosses he's, he's of all the movies he's been the in, highest grossing uh, movie actor yeah. of all time. Yeah, like not him getting paid personally, but the movies mm-hmm. themselves have mm-hmm. made more money than anybody else's. And which, I believe, yeah, because uh, he's, I believe Samuel L. Jackson is second ranked because he's in Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah, ah, that's fair. But mm-hmm. but uh, Frank is like dog number two in every movie. So yep. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we got the real dog, who, who actually makes dog noises, but then we need dog number two. Uh, can we get Frank? Well, sometimes sometimes a dog has to sound confused and has to make a noise like, Rrr. Yeah. Or, like, uh, as as I know, when we were doing our brief uh, experiment into, like, old-timey radio, a lot of times the real thing doesn't sound like the real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of times Frank Welker sounds more like a dog than a dog does. <laughs> a lot of times you got to bang two coconuts together. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, right. that's why that's why he's the lions and the Lion King, because they yeah. brought a lion into the studio. And they're like, "Oh, we can't just make them roar that loud to uh, no, record them." If I remember correctly, the the MGM lion, mm-hmm. the sound that that makes is not a real lion. Some like they dubbed in or they sweetened it, was... it or something. Yeah. So to the point where people for years thought that's what a lion sounds like, and it's like they don't really sound that vicious. It's just MGM made that sound cool. It was actually five year old Frank Welker. Yep, uh, probably. I believe that was um. That's, you guys uh, that's one of the reasons. Lion? Anytime you see a, a like a jungle scene in a movie, and there's mm-hmm. that like monkey noise that plays, that's a kookaburra. Uh-huh. That's yeah. that's, oh. that's that's a specifically Australian bird, and yep. it plays every time you see an African jungle in a movie. Huh. Well, something something actually that QI taught me was uh, frogs mm-hmm. that you hear in movies are indigenous to Southern California. Mm-hmm. most frogs don't sound like that if you move elsewhere in on the continent or anywhere frogs don't oh, yeah. sound like that but frogs, but everyone thinks more than they croak yeah but frogs do sound like that 
in L.A. That's the mm-hmm. sound effect they recorded in Hollywood, and that's the one they've used in movies, so everyone just thinks that now. Exactly. But anyway, we have we have strayed, uh, you know, crazy. And now let me talk about what to... sound bald eagles actually make. <laughs> 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 you are a, you are oh, a bunch of weirdos. Not, not even close. They they <laughs> kind they also kind of peep. No, they tell you you're a weirdo. Come on, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else about this episode? Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's weird that they talk about Dana so much in an episode that she doesn't actually appear. But that's I, I was going to say. I was going to say, uh, as Dana's number one fan, Dana hasn't shown up in like four episodes. And, she hasn't really uh, been in this her. season very much, yeah. Yeah, not there, she, not really. She was kidnapped yep. and turned into a snake by Cobra like nine episodes ago and nobody noticed. <laughs> she didn't Including notice. Dana. Yeah. <laughs> Why is my skin so dry? I need to get more lotion. <laughs> I need to smell some books. <laughs> All right. Uh, my quote is just uh, Terry trying to remember... Uh, the number of the cop car that, that took Miguel, and this this cracked me up because he's just not his brightest moment. No. Every Gotham police car has its own locator frequency. All I need is the car number. Oh, great. What was it? Two something three? Uh, six. <laughs> I don't know. There was a four in there, maybe. <laughs> it was 1729. Everybody knows that. Of course. No, it was five, Batu, but, but he thought it was a G. That's okay. I'm just. Do you guys know about 1729? <laughs> no. It's what's called the taxi cab number, which is why you see it as the number for cabs. So what it was was there was a, a mathematician that was in the hospital, and another mathematician went to visit him. This is a true story. It sounds said, like a joke, but uh... he, no, no. He mm-hmm. just said that. Um, I noticed when I was getting into the cab that there was cab number 1729, and I thought that was kind of a boring number. I hope that's not a bad sign. And his friend mm-hmm. said. But that's the smallest number that's expressible as the sum of two cubes in two different ways. Oh, Christ. Now, as I know a professional mathematician, they do this. So Yeah, no, I know, but they think it's interesting to other people is where it breaks down. But it's, yeah. it's like putting that number on a car is like putting 24601 on a prison uniform. Like, it's the easy choice. So, yeah. there you Very go. well. That's why that's the number that came to mind. Very well. Uh, Brian, why don't you plug some stuff? Yeah. Oh, sure. I can plug all sorts of stuff. Uh, for example, I could plug Tinseltown, the holiday movie podcast, where uh, we actually uh, just hit our 200th episode. So I'm doing yeah. a uh, oh, three-part uh, retrospect yeah. extravaganza mm-hmm. where I'm uh, having all the co-hosts on, and they're reflecting on the best and worst movies they've ever done. Uh, mm-hmm. As I mentioned, uh, Maggie's probably done enough that uh, she could uh, do oh, one yeah. of those. And I'm only mm-hmm. bringing on the official regulars, but um, I'm not 100% sure you've had a best yet. Well, I guess Batman Returns. I thought um, about this. My best is Krampus. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were on for Krampus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that one's it. Yeah. And I'm going to just go ahead and uh, speak for you when I say your worst is Deck the Halls. Absolutely. Because it's the worst thing that has ever existed. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, just, uh, go ahead and listen to that. It's good times. And, uh, you know, listen to us talk and have a good time and goof around and then maybe say, oh, that one sounds interesting and go mm-hmm. back and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I, I, just before we started recording, I edited, um, Anton's thing and his worst is definitely the weird Nazi Nutcracker movie we did. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. Wow. Oh boy. <laughs> yep. Good it's thing. the movie, the movie where somebody was, uh, the, the director of Tango and Cash was making a Nutcracker film and said, what if I made it Schindler's List, but for kids? <laughs> Oh, wow. And also Nathan Lane plays Albert Einstein. Oh, um, And Hitler is Andy Warhol, played by John Turturro, who's also a rat. Um, sure. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Guys, it makes even less sense in context. Uh, there's also uh, a show previously mentioned on this very episode called New and a Bit Alarming, where we mm-hmm. review sequels and remakes and spinoffs in any way that a story gets told multiple times, uh, such mm-hmm. as Batman Beyond, uh, mm-hmm. where a story gets set in the future for no particular reason except to sell more toys. <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly uh, and still turns out pretty good for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually, to the point of... Um, of this very uh, show. We uh, have recently developed a fascination with following Will Friedle's attempted film career. Mm-hmm. I thought it was uh, Friedel, by the way. I believe it's Friedel. I only remember that from TGIF commercials back in uh, the sure. day. So. Very well. Um, the uh, So we, we have done Trojan War, uh, which was mentioned, which the the film that made $309 at the box office, uh-huh. uh, as well as My Date with the President's Daughter, a Disney Channel original movie that has almost the exact same plot, only instead of sex, it's just a, a date in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll soon be moving on to uh, H.E. Double Hockey Sticks, which oh, is Jesus a uh, Christ. sort of a, uh, it, it's not Faust, um, but it's it's like Faust. Um, mm-hmm. So and, it's faux uh, Faust. He, yeah, it's uh, based on it? it's based on mm-hmm. the opera Griffelkin. Um, of course. And uh, Rhea Perlman as Satan sends her terrible son, Wilfredell, uh, to steal the soul of a hockey player. So, Oh, my God. We got I that like, one coming up. I kind of like that title. We, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it, you know, it works. Gabrielle Union's mm-hmm. in it, you know, Tyler Labine. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, it's Canadian. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, we're just, we're fascinated because he could have been famous and, like, before yeah. he settled into voice acting, which he's very good at. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I, no, I got I, nothing against him as a voice actor. No, I like him here, and I've enjoyed mm-hmm. him so far. We're covering uh, Brave and the Bold on the bonus episodes, and uh, uh-huh. he's Blue Beetle in that, and he's pretty good there, oh, too. Oh, yeah. He's that, yeah, no, and he's, he's Star-Lord on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy now. He's uh, mm-hmm. been Deadpool, a bunch of, like, if you can't get Ryan Reynolds, you get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, the, he's the ongoing Bumblebee now. Like, so he's 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 pulling yeah. big parts. Yeah, he's and, a good uh, for that. Yeah. yeah, no, it's just we're, we're we're fascinated by this brief attempt to uh, for him to be a lead actor in live action things, and so we are following his entire live action career. What an odd rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not no, their oddest weird. though. So, well, that's, and, well, that's, that's the thing. Similar. They're all all of them are sequels and spinoffs and ripoffs and stuff, mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. for National Lampoon's Gold Diggers. But I think that you know National Lampoon's is a franchise. We could cover that under our. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah. uh, check those shows out. We are coming up on the end of this series, obviously. This mm-hmm. is the finale. Next week, we are doing the big movie, uh, uh, Return of the Joker, which yep. is excellent. I can tell you, like, already, we've both already seen it. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Fred will be joining us for that. Looking forward to that. Uh, yep. But what this means is we are about to do a mailbag episode, and we would love to hear from you guys. It is yeah, Kids please. Love Batman Podcast at Gmail. Uh, right into tell us i don't know don't tell us the stuff we got wrong because you know it'll make us cry but anything else please do Mm -hmm. uh and that's about it oh twitter uh i am at algar i'm at at maggie robots i'm at tinseltown mayor yeah Uh, oh i thought you had oh no never mind you saved a life and uh lost an (laughs) i forgot about that a great Uh, tragedy but you know i i did manage to save but at what cost well we won't talk about that that is true (laughs) all right well that's all for this time See you, folks. Twala Dregs. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. 
The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Copyright 2022, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.